Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Mel Tamburek. I'm the host and producer of the podcast SESTA. We aim to harness the power of arts and culture to foster conversation and build peace in Cyprus. I'll be your guest host for this month of Womanica. This month, we're highlighting peace builders. In times of conflict, these women have stepped in, bringing their creativity and insight to help facilitate peace across the globe. Today, we're talking about a woman whose life was studded with historical moments. She dedicated her life to diplomacy and social work, though it's unlikely you've heard of her name. Her story is a reminder that a lifetime in the pursuit of peace is a humbling task we must choose to take up every day. Let's meet Marie Hasegawa. Marie was born on September 17, 1918. She spent the very beginning of her life in a small village near the seaside outside of Hiroshima, Japan. Her father was a Buddhist priest in their family temple. When Marie was still a baby, the family moved across the Pacific to Los Angeles, California. There, her father continued his work supporting the Buddhist Japanese community in the area. Marie spent her formative years of childhood in California, and when it was time for college, she attended the University of California at Berkeley. In 1938, she graduated with a degree in home economics. But in 1942, whatever plans Marie had for her future were thrown to the wayside. The Second World War came to U.S. shores, and President Franklin Roosevelt issued Executive Order 9066. It authorized the immediate evacuation of alleged threats to national security from the West Coast. We know now that this mass incarceration campaign was a result of racism that had been brewing since the bombing of Pearl Harbor. In just six months, more than 100,000 people of Japanese ancestry were moved to the internment camps inland. Among them, Marie's family. Marie and her family were forcibly taken to the Topaz Relocation Center in Utah. The barracks there were barely ready when the incarcerated Japanese Americans arrived. Many of them actually had to help finish the construction of the buildings and furniture, which included minimal amenities like pot-bellied stoves and army cots. Armed guards circled the perimeter. In the dismal conditions of Topaz, Marie strove to create community. She served as a social worker and wrote for the camp's literary magazine. Marie's degree and skills also meant she could find work outside the camp. She was released to Cleveland, Ohio, and from there moved to Philadelphia, where she moved in with her college roommates. The effects of World War II would linger for Marie. In 1945, the U.S. dropped atomic bombs on Nagasaki and the town near Marie's birthplace, Hiroshima. The violence and loss of life made the tragedy of war even more potent and present. On the East Coast, Marie worked in the Food, Tobacco and Agriculture Workers' Union. She also met Ichiro Hasegawa, who'd also made his way from another relocation center. They married in 1946 and eventually moved to Richmond, Virginia to start a family. At home, Marie was a Girl Scout leader and a PTA president, but she was also seeking peace on an international level. She joined the National Board of the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom and served as its president during the final years of the Vietnam War. In 1973, Marie set off on a trip to Hanoi with an international delegation of women. 
The goal was to understand the extent of damage the war had wrought on the women and children of Vietnam. It was illegal at the time for Americans to travel to North Vietnam, so Marie used her Japanese passport. It was a risky decision, thanks to the ongoing political unrest in the States. There wasn't a guarantee Marie would actually be able to re-enter the U.S. when she returned. Even with her family waiting at home, she took the risk. She had to make this trip. And it was a good thing she did. What Marie saw on her trip to Hanoi bolstered her dedication to furthering peace. When she returned home, she was back to work by day. Then, each day, after eight hours of work, she went home and wrote letters and reports to distribute to allies and organizations. On the weekends, she traveled around the country to spread the information she'd learned in Vietnam. Everything and anything she could do towards ending the war was vital. It finally ended in 1975, two years after her trip. In 1996, at 77 years old, Marie traveled to Tokyo to receive the Niwano Peace Prize. It's usually given out to people who have contributed interreligious cooperation in the cause of world peace. Marie gave a humbled speech in acceptance. In 2001, Marie moved to a retirement center in Massachusetts, where she stayed active in current affairs, book groups, and the village choir. She died on 1st of July 2012. Much of the information we know about Marie comes from her obituary, lovingly written by her daughter. Marie led a successful career as a peacemaker, and her work was recognized on the international stage. And like many women, she led a full life additionally, a tennis fan, a mystery story aficionado, and a mother who traveled with her family. In one article, Marie's daughter described her as quietly steadfast, and thank goodness she was. We're all the better for her tenacity for peace. All month, we're talking about peace builders. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>